I worked at several other places like Surcor. I did roofing for a little bit. Uh, really? Oil, natural. <laughs> I did. Um, I worked on the oil field on valves and stuff. I've worked in every man field you could ever imagine. Uh, Long every single thing. Uh, and then eventually, I roofing's got a tough job. I mean, that is yeah. a roofing, roofing in Oklahoma. No my favorite thing is when I'm on the roof, people call the cops. They think I'm stuck. <laughs> and uh, then when the cops show up, nobody's on the roof with me except for me. So I'm like, oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, ma'am, are you stuck? <laughs> no. Hello, aviators. Welcome back to the Pro Pilot Playbook Podcast, where we bring you the knowledge and tools that let you become a pilot faster and cheaper. And this week, we have kind of a special episode. This is our first episode ever with a guest. And uh, I can't imagine having someone with a more unique story on to be our very first guest on the podcast. This is awesome. And uh, so grateful, and I, I know that anybody watching this or listening to this is going to uh, really appreciate this story and, and be inspired. And uh, I'll let Mike introduce our guest here. Sure, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, just a little background. Um, Sean and I have been discussing for, for months, really, about our guests, and we wanted to have a mechanic, an aircraft mechanic, on the show to talk about air, airplane maintenance. Because I know, in you know, when I was coming up to, in deciding what career path to take, I I considered being a uh, AMP mechanic because I love planes, and and Sean thought the same thing. So there's a lot of overlap. So I think a lot of our viewers would say, hey, you know, maybe I I should just work on planes, or maybe I should fly one, and it's something they're considering. And if you are going to be a professional pilot, it's important to know all the maintenance stuff involved with it. So here I am on YouTube, and I'm 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 looking at aviation maintenance videos, and on my feed comes this uh, Oklahoma news program with Miss Portia Lippincott, our guest of honor, and uh, it, it it had a ton of views, and it was one of the most inspiring aviation videos I've ever seen, and it talks about her journey from literally being homeless to becoming in a full fledged AMP mechanic and an instructor. And we're just so excited to have you. So welcome, Portia. Thank you. Oh, no no yeah. problem. So we're going to yeah, When my wife video. heard your story, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we weren't even, the mechanic <clears throat> was going to be like down the road. Yeah, maybe we'll have a mechanic on someday. And then this story came across and I was just ad-libbing your story to my wife and she starts getting choked up you know halfway through <laughs> story. and I, I'm sure I was screwing up the story, but it's just so inspiring. And yes, yeah, yeah, and we'll stop talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the video that got millions of views were in, and uh, folks, I want to say I was so excited to meet her. And we talked before this interview to get to know each other. And she's even much better in person than she was in that video. So thank you for coming. And we've heard that that video was condensed. Um, yeah. So, so we're really excited to hear the long form story of your career. So talk to us about, you know, how, how this all happened and, and, and how you got to where you're at today. It's amazing. Um, so growing up, um, it, you know, it's crazy because my house life was actually pretty good. I didn't, my parents, I, I didn't have my real dad. He had passed away and I, I never got to meet him, but my mother, she had a job. My stepdad had a job. We were stable kids. Our house was stable. There was really nothing 
wrong, except for uh, my sister, unfortunately, got into drugs early. And so mm-hmm. uh, during her struggle, there was a lot of um, tense, just a lot of drama and situations that made my mother uh, completely depressed and um, where we, me and my brother didn't even exist, except for when I left, um, my brother was actually taken care of and stuff. So okay. um, there, my sister had stolen a car, wrecked it in the middle of the night. I even told my mom, hey, Ariel stole a car. Um, she's not even here. And my right. mom was like, oh, leave her alone. She's, you know, tired or something. And we're like, okay. And then my mom gets that phone call. Well, uh, me being, you know, uh, 16 years old, kind of smart ass. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, yeah, remember? Because my mom's screaming on the phone. Like, why did you do this? Why couldn't you stay in the house? And I was like, well, you know, mom, if you would have been a better parent, this would have never happened. And, you know, that's that's not the right thing to say. But yeah, unfortunately, it caused me to be homeless. And um, I I'm very thankful for a lot of the situations that happened. And mm-hmm. um, moving forward, when I was homeless, I did have to live in a refrigerator box that we had as little kids. Um, it was still brand. It was still in a mixed condition. So it wasn't like the video where it looked like a jungle had grown out of it. It was right. still closable. And then over time, that box got bad. So I had to live in a trash can at Sonic. And then I got found out by the school because I had missed three months of school. Um, wow. The counselor and the um, homeless shelter for kids, which is independent living, they actually asked my schoolmates, have you guys seen Portia? She's been missing. And I was that kid that wore my my work clothes to school. So they all told on me. They're like, well, she wears Sonic outfits. So I'm assuming she works at Sonic. Um, wow. wow. So they showed up and I had lied. To, to be fair, I lied to my supervisor and told him I was doing night classes and that I could work during the day. I had completely lied because he was weirded out that I showed up in the morning when I should have been in school as a kid. Right, right. In what grade would this have been? High school? Uh, uh, late, I believe uh, this was 10th grade. Okay, wow. 10th, yeah, and so um, wow. yeah. they caught me. Actually, they called my work after I had got off work. And usually when I got off work, I went either to the backyard or when that time was over, I went behind the trash cans or I kind of just ventured off for a little bit because I didn't, I didn't want to be caught by the cameras or anybody else knowing I was living in one of the abandoned trash cans that we had. Oh my and God. It wasn't, and was gro- it wasn't as gross as everybody wow. thought. You know. well, was it winter time or summer? No, it was, um, it was about to be summer. So I was about to not really graduate, but, or not really graduate 10th grade, but I was about, it was about to be over and I'd already missed three months. And so I had to do night school for summer school and right. summer school and night school just to make up for that. Um, mm. So my boss gets a phone call and the school's like, Hey, um, is there a Porsche there that works there? We've called all the Sonics and we can't find her. And he was like, yeah, she's my best employee. And we really did get an award for having some of the nicest car hops. And I was one of the names in it too. Um, wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> what do I have to lose, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. He was like, yeah, she's my best. They're like, well, she hasn't been at school in three months. And he was like, oh, that's so weird because she had told me to my face that she had been going to night school. So they set up a little thing and I showed up the next morning and I could tell my boss was being weird. And so was my best friend. And they, I was like, are you guys OK? And they're like, no, we're fine. How are you doing? And I was like, something's not good. 
Well, <laughs> that day, those people showed up on the porch and they had ordered some drinks and I, they told me to go out there and give it to them. And I didn't think anything of it. And they're like, Portia, are you Portia? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, are you okay? Are you, where do you, where are you? Why are you at school? And I just started crying and they got me. Um, they told me that they have a home for me. I can come live there. I will have to go to school. I'll have structure, stability, everything. I'm going to pretty much grow up as a little kid. And uh, so that day they took me to the little apartment inside of this house. It's like four, four apartments in one little house. They gave me my own place. They set up all my bills that I would have to pay for. Um, oh my gosh. I got to go back to school night shift or I mean uh, night classes. And then I had to still go to morning classes. When I got off, I could go to work. And then I had to go back to school to do some night shift and summer school. And I was able to graduate with my, my um, class, but nobody ever really saw me until the very end. So it was kind of shocking for them too. Like Portia. Yeah, it was me. Here I am. Wow. Um, But so moving forward from that, when I was in that program, they uh, set up financial stuff. They set up um, school for me. Um, Like right when I was about to graduate high school, I had already been enrolled into um, automotive. And the reason I did was because I had bought a car. It was a Jeep Grand Cherokee, a 93 Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I, I love still remembering the colors. It was like blue and purple all purple and blue doors and had the worst, um, what was that? Uh, I remember in the video, I I remember you saying it was like five different colors or something. (laughs) Yes. And I, I really did love it. It was like, once you think about and appreciate what you had, that actually wasn't a bad car. Um, (laughs) it was my shade. The, uh, the tent had bubbled so bad. That was my first project. So I was peeling it off. I was trying to learn how to peel it off. Oh, it was, it smelled awful. I I probably got some, you know, poison from it, from sniffing it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then after that, I started doing other things. And then eventually it did, um, it did stop working one day and uh, I cried and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I had some friends come and tell me I had no, I knew oil and my, uh, my dipstick was empty. And I'm like, Okay. And they're like, you're gonna have to figure out what to do because they weren't mechanics, but they were like, you have no oil. Well, when I looked at the, like, you could go on, we had a computer there that we could go on for an hour. And I looked up, I believe it was YouTube at that time. Um, I'm getting old. So I'm forgetting. (laughs) Um, And there was like some videos of what happens if you don't have oil or what, what are some things you can look into? And I looked and it said, check your oil pan gasket, check this, check that, blah, 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 check your filter. So I watched that video on the Jeep and then I went out to my car and looked and touched stuff. And uh, lo and behold, my gasket was like sticking out. It had been pinched so bad that pieces of it were actually out of the pan. And so you could see like little holes. And of course, no wonder every time. And I always thought too, like when I parked somewhere, when I moved it, there was oil everywhere all over the ground. But I need, as a kid, you don't think about those things. again. I can't imagine all the parents that were mad that I parked in their driveway, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Oh, well, dear. knowing that, um, I actually, we had some funds to take my car somewhere for, uh, to get it fixed because I, I didn't know anything about tools and stuff like that. Um, so we took it to a shop. I'm not going to name the shop because they're still open and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> um, they wanted, 
I, I believe, and I still believe I have the invoice for it. So, I wow. It was either seventeen or $1,900 for the oil pan gasket. Oh, man. Just to be replaced. And right. I, I was thinking like, oh, my gosh, that's this cost more than my car because I only paid $1,100 for that car. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like a serious thing. Like, I'm thinking my engine blew up or something, and I have no idea. So uh, when I went and looked at the video of how to change it and what all, like, just looking up oil pan gaskets, I was like embarrassed at first i was like this is it that's all i have to do and then it'll be fixed and so um i was like you know what i'm going to talk to uh some of the people there that can give me a ride to one of these i don't know o'reilly's or AutoZone, and see right. if i can just get the stuff and figure it out myself um because i couldn't afford it and the bridges was like yeah that's way too much money we don't have funds like that maybe a few hundred right. dollars but not not thousands of dollars for that well, uh, come to find out that gasket was 1950. I remember that exactly. Oh my gosh! And fifty cents. Um, I had to get oil. I uh, stripped one of the bolts out. So the cool thing was that I got a helicoil, and I, I I learned how to do it all. And once I got to, it, took me seven hours. It and I when wow. I thought about it, it probably wouldn't take me seven hours now. Absolutely not. But the whole process of it. And finally, when it got all done, um, it started up it, and I thought it was going to do like a choking thing where it was like, okay, you really starved us of oil. We're just going to fail all the way around. Well, and later it did. There was lots of failings of other things, like oh, just so many things. But at that moment, it actually worked. And wow, I knew if I could do that, I'm just going to do it forever. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I love the mechanical things. So I talked to our financial lady as well as I got to teach the financial class too, because I was the most uh, financially stable kid there. Yeah. But she did all of our taxes and our schooling. So she got my stuff ready and she said, if you want to, they have automotive programs. And I said, okay, uh, let's go, I'll do it. And they got me enrolled uh, right when I graduated high school, I was able to go right into that program. So wow. moving forward, I went through that. Uh, this is this that, is car mechanic, ASC certified ASC. mechanic, yes. correct? Yes, and that's a, every, I don't know how, if what it is now, but every five years when I was younger, I had to get recertified on all of the basics. You had to go back and get to retest it, unlike an AMP where you can have it as long as you're still working in that field. Um, I, mine's totally expired, so not a good idea to come to me. Um, <laughs> I still think, I'm, I'm sure you probably know more than the average bear though. Uh, you know, I, I like to know enough to where I go places. I'm like, mm, I don't think that's right. But when it comes to electrical stuff, I'm like, no, you know, everything I can't No, that, that was not my strong point. Oh, but I gotcha. typically oil, I still change my oil. I still do my tires, uh, brakes. Uh, I'll still do everything on all the cars that I own, but I, I will not do electrical stuff. That's something I'm like, nope, I'm not even going to mess with that. Cause I'm not going to start a fire. So we're dying. You don't have an old Cherokee now, I don't think, do you? No, like, I I upgraded to uh, Infinity QX80. There you go. Uh, that's a little nicer. There you go. Yeah. Good. After I got done with automotive, I worked at Sears Automotive, Big Red Sports and Imports. Um, and those went good for a while. Sears, unfortunately, closed. Okay. Um, there's, there's no longer a Sears anymore. There might be one somewhere else, but it's... They closed, so I lost my job. I worked at several other places like Circor. I did roofing for a little bit. Uh, really? Natural. <laughs> I did um, 
I worked on the oil field on valves and stuff. I've worked in every man field you could ever imagine. Uh, lawn mowing, every single thing. Uh, and then eventually I Roofing's got Roofing's a tough job. I mean, that is yeah. a roof, roofing in Oklahoma. Joke. My favorite thing <laughs> is when I'm on the roof, people call the cops. They think I'm stuck. <laughs> and uh, then when the cops show up, nobody's on the roof with me except for me. So I'm like, oh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And they're like, ma'am, are you stuck? <laughs> no. Is there anybody working? Unbelievable. With you? We yeah, got a woman stuck on the roof over here. God. Um, and a lot of the roofing places would hire illegal immigrants. And so sure. me being the only one up there, it's like, well, it looks like I'm stuck, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't that didn't last long. I did that for six months and it got irritating that I was the cops were always being called. And then oh my even God. my boss was mad so this isn't like, one Look. story this is like every time you went to work there's every time i went to work it <laughs> they're was rolling trucks yes <laughs> and so i got tiring for my boss and he was like hey i love you but and you're a great worker but we can't keep having the cops called because we're losing time <laughs> i said okay um and uh, no big deal so uh, i did get pregnant um i unfortunately ha was raising my son alone and yeah. uh i was falling back on not being able, like I, I was losing a lot of my mechanical jobs. So I went back to Sonic um, and during Sonic, there was a uh, this one lady that I had once reached out to that worked in the, um, in our, in Oklahoma, we have a lot of programs like TANF, kind of like welfare, um, food stamps. And then I was trying to reach out to get child support um, for my, me and my son. And I, we were not a, we were not able to find his dad. So um, I was able to get on TANF's food stamps and all that stuff. Well, being on TANF here in Oklahoma, they allow uh, to go to school for free. And when they found out I had the mechanical background, the lady was like, look, there's this wonderful program. It's crazy because I don't have any women in it. I've never had a woman go to it, but you would be a perfect candidate. And not only that, we have scholarships for you for that whole thing. Wow. And so um, I went, I went and tested. I tested the highest in my whole entire class nice. um, out, of, out of all the guys too. Um, and, and not, they weren't on the TANF program. You just had to take a test to see your mechanical background and your knowledge. And if you passed a certain level, the school would accept you. And so that I was, I passed. So the first thing was I had to go to school uh, Monday through Thursday uh, they would pay my, the program I was on would pay me $13 an hour, which sounds crazy, not good, but then you would get $250 a week on top of that. They would pay for oh. your gas. They would pay for um, your books, your uh, licenses, your tools. So I did all of that and I got everything from that school, the aviation school paid for even my licenses. Um, while I was in that program, they had other like little write us a short story about being a woman or some, some little crazy thing or write us a story that changed your view on things. And I did one over the Kool-Aid man. I talked about how everybody's so, uh, we love the Kool-Aid guy. He's coming in, quenching our thirst, running through our buildings and destroying our cars for 25 cents. He just quenched everybody's thirst. But when he leaves, who's going to pay that $50,000 uh, damage he did? Like, oh yeah, did turn into, oh my gosh, I'm broke, you know? <laughs> so when I wrote that, I had a letter um, from the place saying that was the funniest, most awesome story they've ever read. Nobody's even thought like how the Kool-Aid man has destroyed property. 
and they gave me fifteen hundred dollars. Guy's a menace. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually a criminal if you think about it. Like <laughs> yeah, <scary>. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank well, you for questioning your first and diabetes later, but also, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got a scholarship for that. And then a single moms program. I also got a scholarship for that as well. And like I said, in Oklahoma, there are different scholarships. So I'm not sure throughout the world if there are other programs, but if you would just go online and look to see what your state or your places offer, I'm sure they have like little hidden ones somewhere. So yeah, right. that's um, not right. advertised a lot. And every Every state has their own programs with that, right down yeah. to being called different names, but they might do similar things. But yeah, you'll have to check with the, I mean, sometimes it may be hard to find online too, because the stuff's so obscure and stashed away, but you almost need to go talk to somebody that knows all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Sorry. I'm and um, No, you're good. Um, and also, uh, this goes for men too. There were two other guys, not on the same TANA program I was, but they were on a TANA program uh, through okay. a different county. So even men were on programs that I was on that got free tools, free everything, free, yay, school was paid for. So because I remember having to sign in and they would have to sign in too. And we were the only students that did because we were on a certain program, but okay. we did it and we got our AMP. Um, wow. I was the only girl in my class out of- wow. I think there's 20, well, there's three class, no, two classes out of 50 or 60 students. I was the only girl, but I did wow. see some other girls on different shifts that were going to the school and there was only two. Um, and uh, so it, you didn't, and we had a woman as a uh, instructor too, Linda, I remember her name was Linda and she, she taught the um, reciprocating engines and so uh, it was nice to have her and just nice to see some women here and there. But I was so, it's almost like I was just a guy too. So I didn't really care to have women in the class or not. It wasn't an, anything to me. I was just so used to being around men my whole life that I was like, eh. Yeah, um, yeah. So I got my AMP. Um, that Talk was to us real quick. Yeah. Actually, what, what does it take to get your AMP? Just so the viewers know. Uh, actually, we should probably start with what is an AMP for the. What, what are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Airframe and power plant license. Um, okay. So there are so, two separate certificates, right? Yes. There's actually there's two, but there's three things you have to do. You have to do a general too, and general goes with either the P side or the A side. Gotcha. And uh, it's just like physics and. Um, batteries i can't remember everything i did i just remember how i hated some of the classics so boring and one of our teachers was like for red eyes and i was like oh i can't do this <laughs> <laughs> but you did have to take those you either had to take general and your a when you went to go test for it or your general and p and then once you got done with that then you could take your a or your p afterwards without having to do more general work so okay. um the class is 18 months long. I'm not sure if that's just our school uh, or maybe all of them, but in Oklahoma, our Metro Tech is 18 months for four days a week. Um, and I believe is, yeah, you know, remember eight hours. That sounds a lot, okay. but I think that's yeah. right. And uh, okay. just all learning, 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 and lots of- And it's of, a lot of practical stuff too, right? Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. But once, yeah, once I got my 
once I went through each class, which is six months each, like general airframe, power plant, I, I was able to do six months of both or six months of all three and then uh, graduation. Well, when you're about to graduate, they have you do your resume and they're like, hey, we're going to help you do your resume because all of these places around you, which is Wiley Post, um, Sundance, I'm just naming off some fun names. Um the Air Force bases, all of them. And then you have uh, Will Rogers, AR, and FAA. All of them are always looking for AMP mechanics. And yeah. uh, we need to tailor y'all's resume to show that you have worked on these engines, you have worked on these aircraft, you know what you're doing, yada, yada, yada. Um, and typically, basic start is for like paying as a almost like an internship is like $15 an hour out here. Um, and so we all got our resume done. The Air Force Base called me like two weeks later and we're like, hi, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, is this like a job offer? And they're like, yes, we are interested. <laughs> <laughs> what are wow. you doing? So, huh. uh, and this hired... was like 10 years ago about what would be the time? Yes, yes. Uh, about nine and a half years ago. Yes. Great. And my class, everybody in my class was hired at the Air Force Base. Wow. So wow. I was so excited because I thought I was going to work with them. Not a chance. Uh, not even one. Uh, everybody wow. in my class was wow. like sprawled out. There are so many at the Air Force Base I work out. There are so many different buildings and so many different engines because we don't mm -hmm. work on aircraft uh, necessarily. Some of them do, but I work specifically engines. I'm propulsion side of um, the Air Force Base. And only like three or four of the people I went to school with were in different engine areas. So maybe once in a, maybe once a year, I would see one of them and be like, oh my gosh, how are you doing? But uh, it was awesome because that program, literally the Air Force Base or AAR or um, Will, Will Rogers, they hire, they want those people because they have that little bit of knowledge. Sure. And so sure. Uh, I think still to this day, and even our Air Force Base is hiring hard. Um, Great. Well, mechanics, oh. I was just reading an article from uh, one of the, I forget what source, I think it was NBAA, uh, but they were saying that the need for mechanics is is right there with the, you know, pilot shortage we're in. There's a mechanic shortage that's looming as well. And, yes. I mean, everybody's hiring and, you know, if you're mechanics, pilots, flight attendants, yeah, aviation. I'm not really sure why, because when COVID happened, cars and airplanes didn't really stop going. And so it's kind of like, what happened? Yeah. But, right, um, right, right. Well, what did happen was a lot of training and schooling stopped. Stopped, and, yeah. Uh, you know, people, I don't know. Actually, we've had a whole podcast on why there's a pilot shortage. I think we did like three different pilot shortage uh, episodes. But I mean, a lot of the same factors lead or leading into the, the mechanic stuff as well, being short. Yeah. What, what would you say, Portia, was the approximate cost of all your training? Had you paid out of pocket for it, do you think? Uh, $12,000 for the school. I know that. So for the 18-month uh, program, in 18 $12, months, it, it, I'm just assuming that other places are similar. So in 18 months, you either get your general and the A or the P. You don't walk out of there in 18 months with the gen with an A and P complete, right? Um, so in 18 months, you get you go test during your time, like the six months, you go and test your general. Well, I'm sorry, in your year, you go and test your general airframe or general power plant, and 
it depends on which one you do first and your um, the school, because sometimes they'll send you to P first or your A first, and uh, you can go test those two together. They try to get you to test early because you also have to take your, and I, I'm not going to remember this, it's your little, your FAA courses that they're like little tests. Um, I remember taking those. And if you made over a 90, you got your money back. It was like $50 or $100 per test. Huh. And I oh, was, okay. And I scored 90. So I got my money back on each but, one. And but it's you're funny because certificated mechanic after this school, you don't have to go out and get so many hours of experience before you nope. take some. You get okay. your, uh, yeah, you get your AMP. Uh, wow. If you that's pass, 18 if months. You that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good deal. Yeah. What's the, what's the uh, test like, uh, the practical test and everything, just so the uh, viewers know. Is there a written <laughs> test and a practical test, like with an examiner, like watching you wrench yeah. on something like, ah, you're, you're not holding that. I think it's hard. Is it right? See, because at Tinker, or I'm sorry, at the Air Force Base, we don't practice the same FAA rules. So I've lost a lot of the FAA rules because the military base has their own standards, engineering and everything. Ah, gotcha. Like, okay, and I think it's called FARS. You have to know yeah, FARS, FARS for your aviation regulations. Yep. Yes. Yeah. At Tinker or at the Air Force Base, you do not have to know that stuff. You right. actually, I still have my AMP and I do have some engines that are considered uh, FAA regulated, which is the 117 engine and uh, practically anything Pratt and Whitney. But yeah, you guys uh, probably aren't using FAR. You're using technical orders, TO manuals. Yes. And yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And I'm so. I, it's great, but it's still, it's, um, it's different because the things that I once knew it's, I have to erase it all because out, out on the air force base, they have different standards and different regulations that are not in accordance with those, uh, things that we learned. Sorry. I'm getting gotcha. No gotcha. problem. So, so tell us what, what, uh, what all airplanes are you working on or have you worked on? Um, every single engine out on the air force base I worked on. Every single one. Okay. Um, and then uh, I used to run the engines. Charger, sorry. Um, no problem. So when I first started out at the Air Force Base, they had me in uh, what they call F one hundreds, F fifteens, and sixteens, and oh, those wow. uh, the fighter jets. But I was yeah. working on the engines, and then um, after uh, they had me go to cruise missiles, which I thought was so cool. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, because then those Tomahawk. are the, uh, the, I'm not really sure the what it would go to. I just she could tell you, it. but then she'd have to kill you. Yeah. There might <laughs> right, be some right. deaths. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I I thought that was pretty cool to be able to go and work on the cruise missiles, and then um, I got pregnant and was able to go we have something called MRB and that's, they put me upstairs because when you're pregnant out at the air force base, they don't want any situation to happen to you. So they right. uh, put me in a desk setting where I was able to do some engineering type things, admin stuff. Uh, during that time, the school called me back Metro tech. They were like, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, just, you know, working well, uh, we have this program that, that your air force base wants us to do and that would be to teach the new hires uh the engine and i said okay that's pretty cool um what do i what do i need to do and they're like just come and apply for it you'll have an interview and we'll go from there they hired me immediately and then i started right away i was able to go um 
unfortunately I had to work the Air Force Base from a time to a time. And then I would go, I would work nights at the school. Oh, okay. The class. And I was teaching turbine engines and that class was a month long. So I had three classes and, uh, (laughs) that was such a class. I, I was in a room full of people that have never either they never touched a tool in their life they were nail techs uh walmart greeters never had a job um like right out of high school i had a variety a diverse set of humans that had no idea about engines whatsoever and then you had a few like a few military vets and stuff like that um and so teaching that stuff was somewhat difficult and then i had my baby and i went to um tessel and in tessel i at first during my um he was first born feeding him and stuff like that i was an admin just like a phone answer database lady and then after i was done doing everything for my child and he was able to go to daycare um they had me start running engines so i ran the 101 the 117 and the 108 engines in Tessel. And that was probably the cool, I've never experienced running an engine other than out at school. And that's not that cool looking because they're not on a uh, jet engine. You know, they're not jets. They were like little reciprocating engines and piston, right. you know, piston driven engines. And so it's kind of boring, uh, but seeing yeah. these were the augmenters and the, just oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah, you got that a machine was, that can go full AUG, which is the military so term for cool. afterburner. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Man, you feel what, that what, power what, in your uh, chest. Jets, oh, wait, what military jets are those engines on? Thing. It was <laughs> so are those cool. fighter engines or what are, yes. what are those? Yes. Yeah. A lot of them are, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. And wow. she named off a couple GE engines that are made right here in Cincinnati as well. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of them is a cargo airplane, the C-17, the 117. That one is not a... Uh, fighter is a cargo airplane uh but gotcha. we don't work i don't i'm not familiar with the aircraft side i know that we have the b52 the b1s the uh and some of the engines we're getting rid of so they will not be at our base either but okay um, all of that stuff it's just it is so cool and i specialize in tf-33s which is the AWACS, the b52 and the joint star however oh, the joint cool. star is gone so uh, I have all the bomber, I have the bomber and the uh, military AWACS airplane. Those are my, those are my specialty when it comes cool. to engines. Gotcha. So, so what all ratings do you have now? So you have your AMP. Did, didn't you get an additional rating after that? Or IA or maybe? Is there IA or anything? No. Uh, you guys probably don't need an IA for the military nope. stuff. No, we don't. But I am what you considered an IA uh, out there. I'm quality assurance. So right before. Oh, I got you. Right before the engine gets. So after test cell, after we run the engine, there has to be a quality inspection before it goes to the flight line to make sure it's uh, outside, you know, uh, worthy, flight worthy. And um, it took me a while to get that job, too. I. I was telling that supervisor, I was like, hey, you're going to have to hire me because I am an amazing inspector. And it took a while <laughs> and I got him. I tricked him. Um, so now I'm a quality <laughs> Awesome. And I don't I, think you're tricking anybody. I think you're, I uh, I think you're the real deal, um, Portia. 
I am. It's it's been uh, definitely a blessing for sure for me, uh, and I worked hard for it. And uh, and you know, I I have a lot of people that will be like, well, you probably made your way in because you're pretty or something. And I hate that more than anything because I I can make some ugly faces. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> my personality, being around men my whole life, it's not always like beautiful. I I have to be hard and rough too. I have to be like really ready to pounce. Uh, silly situations with men because testosterone is so high oh, yeah, I've, right <laughs> I've seen gi jane yeah you can't give it you can't give us any leeway yeah <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta pound uh, us down I, i'm i'm uh i'm watching uh yellowstone right now and then uh you know they bring the girl with in with all the cowboys and everything that's what i'm thinking <laughs> yeah. Of. So, yeah. so tell so tell us uh what it's like you know we have a lot of uh of female viewers and they're probably thinking you know they want to get into a pilot or aviation mechanic in these male-dominated business what what kind of advice would you give them? Is it like Yellowstone? Do you have to beat somebody up the first day? Or what do you do? Uh, oh, uh, well, it, no matter what kind of field that's male predominant, I to be honest, I think men love having women around because um, a lot of men are, they love the female energy. But there is a respect that we have to, and, and it's, unfortunate that this is how it is but there's a respect that we have to develop and that is to let them know that we're not here to take their job we're not here to do anything different we just want to work too because we have to and um something that i have told a lot of the women in my class don't ever change who you are don't ever don't try to be harder than you are if you're a girl be a girl if right. you need help ask for help let these men know that you're still vulnerable and that you're still a woman and you need help, but you will help do the work too. Don't stop working because you'll lose their respect. Men. And, and, you know, I, I've worked in so many different fields with men. And if you work, they treat you with respect. If you show them that you can do the work up to an extent, obviously I'm not built to pick up huge items, but I'm going right. to try my best, the best I can or get help. And uh, men really appreciate if you can show that you're willing to work just as equal as them, or if not harder, uh, but smarter. And they'll even tell you if you're doing something stupid, they'll be like, hey, that was dumb. How do you feel about that? Like, yeah, I should ask for help. I'm trying to be hard and I shouldn't be. Um, Great. And I'm the one that will wear the lipstick and I'll have different color hair and I, my nails are like super long. <laughs> you know, I... I don't care. And if they make fun of me for it, I'll be like, oh, well, at least I can, at least I'm okay with myself doing this while you guys are all hiding your personality. Right. Um, it's just <laughs> being a woman in that field can be super hard, but it can also be easy if you just get their respect and you don't have, honestly, you don't really even have to get their respect because they're not paying your bills. Um, man, it's so hard to like get, well, it I just, just takes time. I just, I mean, I'm thinking about this whole thing. You go from you're you're homeless as a child that's supposed yes. to be going to school. You're living in a box, working a job. Your car breaks down, and out of necessity, you get on YouTube, figure out how to work on this thing realize that hey i don't mind wrenching on stuff as a matter of fact maybe i'm even good at this and then you go down that path seeking this thing and and then end up an aircraft mechanic 
at, at a military base working on some of our uh, highest tech stuff we have mankind has and you're <laughs> you're teaching people how to do that when you're not doing that and you're also now uh like the quality assurance person going around on the base making sure that the other people are doing their job right i don't yeah. i mean it's just an amazing story to me i guess i i had a question for you portia before i i had this uh i really just out of curious personal curiosity you know when you were what was your headspace like you know when you're a 16 17 year old kid living in a box and you're not going to school you're working your butt off just to try to so you could eat i mean what were you thinking to yourself well this is this is over whatever this suck or were you thinking it's all going to be all right everything's going to be fine um that's it i love that question i've had that asked before and when i think about it even now I can't tell you how much I appreciated going through the experience I did. And I know that sounds crazy because who wants to right. live in a box in a trash can? But I, I remember the beautiful times of it too. Like I had Tonka toys, those big, huge trucks that, Oh yeah. you know, I, I had coins in one and dollars and my checks in another. And I just remember enjoying those moments of seeing that I worked hard for that. And even though I slept in there and I had, you know, there was a time I had to beat up a raccoon and I, I'm telling you what, I'll never, <laughs> Those are things that you will you appreciate. You got fight with a raccoon? Yeah. The, now the trash can I lived in. That okay. It so, is like Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. Those raccoons are not, they're not wow. as cute as they think they are. But at the same time, dishes, they, yeah. it's like a respect value. You know, like, hey, I'm not, you want to do this again? And they're like, no, we don't. We're out. Okay. But Man. I did have to fight a raccoon. And I, I did. I walked myself to the uh, health department to make sure I didn't have rabies or something like that. It didn't act weird, but being able to live in that moment as a kid and not be scared of being outdoors and having to do it. I don't know how I did it because now I don't even like being outside that much because of the heat because it's 107 in Oklahoma right now. But thinking about it, if I had to live like that again, I could do it. I could, if I had to eat, animals outside i probably could that raccoon i would have made a hat out of something you know whatever right. i had to wow. do but as i thought about it what a what a moment what of um as a little kid too like i took it so well and um i think as i get older i i kind of mourn those moments i have moments where i'm like oh my gosh that really happened that to was me, to me. Had to, oh yeah but there are programs now for kids they and if I, if anything ever magical happened that I just want all this money, I would make so many programs for uh, homeless children. And the first things I would do is put them in, in Votech type schools where they can mm-hmm. learn a trade just like I did. Sure. Exactly. Why not? Fantastic. Wow. I mean, they have nothing to lose. So why not? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's so now that, I mean, this journey, this incredible journey you've been through and, uh, I would uh, imagine because I can see it. I mean, you must have like this realize that, I mean, anything is possible for you. You could do anything. I mean, you've anything you've gone after you're at the top. I mean, what, what's next for you? What do you, what do you got your sights on now? Well, um, I just, uh, this isn't for everybody and I, I would never push people, but I just accepted Jesus Christ. And so with that being said, my pastor has this book talking about 
um, doing things that matter. And all the dreams I've ever had growing up in my life, why have I never just tried them and continue to try them to see if it was something that was a calling for me? One of them is I am uh, a drummer. I'm, I'm learning how to drum. I've been doing it wow. for a few months now. I don't, I've dreamed of being a drummer, especially, and I love death metal, which is crazy because people are like, what? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so yeah. I want to be, I want to be a double bass drummer and I have been pursuing that dream. I also love cactuses and succulents and I'm going to have my own nursery. I, I don't care how long it takes. I've already started my little pods and everything. Even though I've had all this trade school stuff and, you know, people would want to hear, oh, I'm going to build my own airplane. That's, those are different types of dreams I've never really been into. I only, I only did all these things because I had to survive and I'm good at it. But the things that really like just crazy dreams, like being a drummer, being a nursery uh, farm owner, those are, those are dreams that make me smile and make me, those are, those are the things I want to live for. That's and, awesome. Uh, and I, cosplaying i do cosplay too and that not a lot of people do that and so i'm like you know what i'll be a cosplay drummer nursery cosplay drummer <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah huh. so, oh, that um, is amazing yeah so there's just dreams all day long and i i always try to tell people if something you dream about over and over and over it's probably a calling for you do it yeah. just do it that's great advice that wow. is awesome so, do you have anybody oh, oh i got a good one i just no, you know i got yeah so thinking of uh, Oklahoma City and the great country legend, Toby Keith, he has a song, How Do You Like Me Now, <laughs> uh, where he, he he thinks about the people in his past and now that he's made it. Uh, uh, are there are there folks in your life now that maybe discouraged you, you know, when you were working at Sonic and all that stuff, and now you've had all this great success and been so inspiring to people? Did that, did that kind of help you? Did the haters kind of help push you through this a little bit? Well, and it's funny because I still have being quality assurance. I'm like a police officer. So I have haters all day long, every day, all day, <laughs> all day long. I have to deal with somebody that hates something I do. So, yeah. um, if yeah, you don't have haters. I, you're not moving forward. Yeah. They are the ones that actually push me to do what I do now. You know, they say they're the ones standing in the background hating, but they're also making it better. They're also oh, pushing me to do better. And so I'm just like, yeah, keep on hating because it makes it better for me. Right, my biggest right. supporters, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, I follow David Goggins a little bit. He's an ultra marathon runner and a Navy SEAL, extraordinary guy. And uh, in his second book that just came out, he says he actually goes on YouTube and on social media and he reads all the negative comments out loud and he records them. And then when he's running a marathon, he plays it back. Run. Right. <laughs> there are some wow. I read on my video that were kind of people always want to find the worst in a video. They can't accept it. It had, and some of them had nothing to do with the struggle. They only cared about one little snip that was said. And again, that video was so short. They took out a lot mm -hmm. of the information that was necessary for other people. And so this problem, mm -hmm. if those people knew the real whole story they probably wouldn't have said the things they did but in that little moment when I was reading them I was like you know I'm never going to be able to stop people from saying things or thanking things because hurt people hurt people um yes. but I'm I did it and I'm happy my life is great I mean I'm not rich by any means but I I have two boys I raise alone and I'm doing it and I'm never going to stop 
Well, let me follow up with this question. Um, so now that I, I brought up some of the negative things, but 10, <laughs> tenfold or a hundredfold that, tell us, you mentioned off camera that the, the amount of people that reach out to you and thank you and, mm. and, you know, that type of thing. You said your inbox just blows up every day. I mean, right. Yes. And, um, and it's mainly like because of that news back. story, right? The news story driven all this. Mm -hmm. Was there any other? Yes. Okay. Um, that, that video, uh, Oklahoma video was such a hit from all over the world it that they play that in aviation schools all over the world and people have reached out to me just oh, like wow. you guys did but it goes in my spam so i don't ever i don't ever see it until i'm like what is this and then i push on it and then here's all of these messages from people china dubai um india just anywhere you can think of people are telling me thank you for the inspiration um i do have people Wonderful. that ask for resources but i I can only tell you what to, you can do in Oklahoma because I don't know what's available in other countries and other states. I don't know the resources that they have, but maybe if they look into some of the, and you know, welfare isn't everybody's favorite thing to do, but if you have mm -hmm. to survive, do what you can if the government has it. If you can get it and make it through and then be somebody, do it. Just, it, we have these resources, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have an aviation maintenance kind of question for you here. Um, you know, as a pilot, the pinnacle of our career, the sliver of our industry, flying the airplanes or, or the top rung of the ladder, you know, if you take being an astronaut out of the equation, you know, it would be like a, a, a captain at Delta Airlines or United Airlines or something like that. You know, what is, what is the equivalent in the, a and P world would it be uh, being a mechanic for Delta at a major airline, or is is it way better to be like a you know having your own your own aircraft maintenance shop or something working on Cessnas? I don't know. What are you guys? What's the mindset in your in your field? You ever? I don't know if you guys even discuss that because <laughs> you're doing the military type stuff. I don't know. You know, honestly, um, with the information that I've learned out at the Air Force bases is that if you had your own contract with the Air Force base on something that you invented or made or whatever, oh, yeah. and they took it, you're set for life. You can charge whatever uh, you want. That's yes, where those that's they, where those three hundred dollar screws come in. <laughs> yes, Lockheed and Martin is living and yeah. loads of money. I know they are. Right. But yes. It is if. If I was to develop an idea, which I have, you did, yeah, yeah, we, 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 you we innovated uh, yeah, those yeah. cables and the connectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah we want to tell money. us about that. Yeah, start at the beginning on that one. So unfortunately, uh, they don't, they didn't like that part. Oh, you know, all right. They, they yeah. didn't get any funding for it. They, I didn't get anything for that. But those electrical connectors, there is a process that was made in like 1964 that was something similar to that when they use copper as uh, the connector if it's split in half. But nobody even brought that up and that blueprint was gone and everybody just wasn't using that. And then here I am, had no idea that was an even thing. And I did it and it saved all this money. Well, um, yeah. So that, yeah, in case our viewers haven't seen the video yet. Um, so you, cr you solved a problem on an engine that saved the Air Force millions of dollars annually, right? Yes. And those those connectors um, were at least three to $5,000. And there was three per each inlet that I had to do. And every time 
there was any split or whatever, we were throwing them away. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's the continuity in this is still good. This is still good. I don't know why we right. just don't wrap this and do this. And eventually it got out. I, I had to battle some of the uh, people that were ordering those parts saying, hey, why aren't we ordering these anymore? If we stop ordering these, that contractor that we have, well, it'll cause issues. And so I was like, because there's no reason we should be paying $5,000 whenever we could just do a, a $2 fix for something. I mean, I'm doing 13 of these a day. There's th times three. This is ridiculous. And there's, right. there's a lot of arguing, a lot of heartbreak for people, but it fixed them. And I don't know where they are now. They probably, who knows? I don't go to F100s anymore, but that, that wire wrap is now used on every engine uh egt cables uh any flex lines that is the process that is used on wow. all of them so i don't wow. know if that pushed it but now everybody does it so we are saving those cables nice uh can you give our viewers um an idea of what like a new amp makes annually and then what oh, yeah once somebody potentially could make once they get further along in their career um yeah so in oklahoma um the regular wage scale and they, they tell you at the aviation schools too basic starting is like 15 to 17 dollars an hour with you still going to school so if you had your amp um, and then you internship with wherever it's like 20 dollars and then as you progress depending on where you go um like after six months it's 22 after a year it's 25 um I know mechanics right now at the Air Force Base that are probably making $33 an hour um, wow. as, as just basic one year in. And I have my bachelor's in mechanical engineering. And being an engineer out on the Air Force Base doesn't pay that well. So if anything were to ever happen, I know I'll be taken care of no matter where I go. But so we missed that. So you went back to college and got a, a bachelor's yes, degree in mechanical engineering. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. All of the credits I had from aviation, automotive, and just going to school when I was younger uh, got me to where I just had to take a few more classes. And I had to go and do, um, what is it called? Like course classes, being in the class and doing it. And so I, I got my bachelor's in it. And it was hard. Ah. And I didn't like any of it. I actually, that was the that's part I try to avoid the most because it was my least favorite part of my life. So, um, oh, I see. yes, that school was not fun. There was not really anything great about that. For Man, me. this story just keeps getting better and better. I don't know. <laughs> we have her on next time. She's going to be telling us how she just got hired with space X and she's working for Elon. Uh, and she's going to have a record deal as a drummer. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, exactly. and I'm drumming on I don't know. Oh your my story is just, I don't, your story is just so amazing and inspiring. Even if you weren't in the aviation industry, I feel like this is good for the people that view our stuff because right. the people that view our stuff, you know, maybe some of them do have the means to go chase down being a pilot or an A&P mechanic, but yeah. they don't know that they want to do that yet. And that's where you figured it out. We're working on your Jeep, or maybe they do know they want to do it, but they don't have the means. There's no way mm. I could do this. I don't have money for that. My parents can't afford this. And they just throw that dream away. But hearing your story of you not having anything and not knowing what you wanted and, uh, and now you're where you're at. I, I don't know. 
it just makes you feel good listening to stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> Not to mention I have kids and that's, uh, I try to tell people if you got kids, if you don't have kids and you're not chasing dreams, what the heck are you doing? Right, right, right. right. It would be so easy. <laughs> exactly. Wow, man, man. So um, the programs, uh, what would you say to one of our, you know, we get all these comments, all just like what Sean said. Uh, I'd love to be a pilot or now they'll probably come in. I'd love to be a mechanic, but, I, you know, I don't have any money and I don't have the means. Now, I know. These programs that you were in were very specific to the Oklahoma City area, um, but but how would you advise them, uh, you know, in general, to start searching for these type of programs? You know, um, well, I was lucky to start with the homeless shelter, um, and they got me enrolled in a lot of things. But um, typically, let's say somebody was homeless and they had a phone and they were watching this, which would be crazy. Uh, but we're yeah. going to go with it because nowadays you can yeah. get a phone. Um, right. If they were able to listen to this, I would tell them that a lot of the homeless shelters actually have programs that will lead them like, hey, here's some school. And I know this for a fact because uh, a lot of the church activities that um, our church is involved in, they go other places and they also tell us that there, a lot of those homeless shelters have uh, like flyers or, hey, if you're interested in school, we need you or, hey, blah, blah, blah. They have, there's that. And then um, a lot of the health departments or community centers for uh, like, heck, even the library, they have places where they will have like uh, need help or uh, need something. And then online resources as well, depending on your location. And then I think DHS is a very known organization amongst the United States, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. And even though, let's say you didn't have a kid, DHS is for um, also, you know, human relations as well, not just children. And they have a lot of programs as well, like TANF, welfare, things to help you get on your feet so you could help give back to the community in some way instead of living on welfare. And so those are those are some of the programs that um, I, I try to tell people. I, I don't know about out of the country, no, right. uh, it's different world there um different everything so um yeah I, cool. I, I don't have the best advice for out of the country just may hopefully they have something similar to what we have and if what not about, come to america come on <laughs> right what about aviation uh maintenance schools i'm not sure how if there's resources out there like if they have something you know in the pilot world i think there's you know all these flight schools kind of there's like learn to fly.com and you can search for a flight school near you yeah. by putting in your zip code. I know we have a pretty good school here. Uh, Cincinnati States, uh, A and P schools pretty good here in the Cincinnati area, but right. I didn't know if there was something like that for the mechanic stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, like that some centralized school. Thing. Yeah. To find the school. Yeah. Find a school. Um, and, on the pilot side, when I was going to A and P, getting my AMP at uh, Metro Tech, they had flyers everywhere for pilots. Mm -hmm. And um, it talked about like programs and stuff. And I did, I I will say I did go and try to be a pilot. Um, I was just second, gonna ask you that. That was my next question. <laughs> I just, the turbulence got me so uncomfortable. I couldn't, and I, I hate being weak, but I'm gonna be strong and tell you guys, I couldn't do it. I. I thought so you were about to tell me you had your pilot's license too. I, my mind was. Gonna I almost did. I almost <laughs> did. It. I just the instrumental part was fine, 
But when I had to go do flight time, I respectfully, I'm a shit my pants. I couldn't do it. I, the scared me so bad. I, and I'm not even scared of heights, but I did not right, enjoy right. that. And you, I'm such a strong person, but that was not, I knew right there and there, it was not for me. It wasn't for you. <laughs> it wasn't for me. And I never want to do it again. Um, just to be quite frank ever. I, I would rather <laughs> stay in regular huge airplanes and little baby Cessnas. That wasn't for me, but gotcha. they gotcha. do have programs. Um, I was actually going to enroll myself once I was going to get really involved with it. But then once I got the first two flights that they take you through to show you, I was like, Nope, I can't do this. I'm out. So um, some of them do offer programs. And like I said, those scholarships, the one I wrote the Kool-Aid guy with, yeah. those are yeah. everywhere that I even saw some out of state that they, it's just you writing something and sending it to wherever it is. And they sending you a scholarship because they loved it or you put time or effort into it. And those are available everywhere. Right. Like I don't have to be like, I think one of that one might've come from Wisconsin and I'm not, I'd have to go back and look that's years ago um, to see where, but I applied all sorts of scholarships that were just regular weird stuff they wanted or single moms and uh, single dads, something like that. There's scholarships all over uh, United States that you can apply for and they are willing to send money either to the school or heck to you just whatever huh excellent nice uh so a little humor uh i know that you got you don't have to tell the truth on this but mechanics make fun of pilots don't they really because we're always breaking things (laughs) you know here's how it goes at my work uh the the flight line and the engine shop they fight and they say that the flight line's always saying the engine shop are stupid because they don't know what they're doing. And then we say the flight line's stupid because they're just putting bubble gum and uh, tape on everything before they send it. <laughs> you know, that's how we fight. We don't ever wor- worry about the pilots because maybe Breaking the flight stuff. line and the pilots fight, but we don't. Oh, we I don't. gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh boy. Yeah. They, I, I've heard mechanics call it pilot proofing, you know, they yeah, pilot sure proofing. <laughs> yeah. Something breaks in the airplane. So what caused this to break? You're asking a mechanic. Uh, it was the button pusher sitting in the seat in the front of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time. I mean, this is an extraordinary interview uh, and, and we already want to have you back. Uh, so you can update us on all the new things that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I, I, I'm sure that our viewers are going to get a ton of value out of this. I mean, yeah. your time, uh, you know, your story is so inspiring. And if you can do it from where you came from, uh, it's going to be very encouraging to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, next week, folks. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we're going to keep having guests on the show as much as we can. Um, I don't know, Mike, should we tell them what we got planned, the guest coming up? or? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe a little teaser. All right. Uh, it involves, <laughs> well, it's just because she was already mentioned in an F-16. Um, we got a buddy of mine coming on the show who was an F-16 pilot for the North Dakota Air Guard. And uh, when he's not doing that, he's a corporate pilot. So he's going to be a pretty cool guest to talk to. But uh, oh, I don't I'll know. Have to hear if he talks crap about us. 
You're way more. <laughs> I don't know. We're just. I, thank you so much, Portia. Yep, yep. And give Portia, please, a big like for coming on because she took yeah. the time to do this. So thanks, everybody, for watching.